Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. What are the most concerning issues you see regarding the current state of theology and the visible church? Some of the concerns that the listeners have brought forth deal with various modern problems in the church. Though the following list is not limited to these specific issues, and this list is not exhaustive. As Anthony and Alex will expand and cover many of them and discuss how many more are interconnected. These following issues are the top concerns of many listeners today. Progressive and liberal Christianity. Seeker-sensitive and man-centric churches. Lack of biblical knowledge and lack of correct biblical theology. A tolerance or acceptance of sin. Lack of church discipline and no discipleship. And finally, many are concerned what non-Christians think. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of A Matter of Truth. I am Alex, and with me, as always, is my cohort and partner in crime, Robin. <laughs> I mean, I mean Anthony. <laughs> I actually didn't expect you to say that. That took me off guard. <laughs> ah, see? Throwback episode. Right? Exactly. So, uh, so what's going on, man? How are you? Doing good, man. Doing good. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think... Uh, just keeping busy with life like you know it's been a couple of weeks since we talked so um leaves are changing weather's changing it's rainy here in maryland again Ugh, it stinks yeah it's like it it's just cold here now and it's like this is the the disappointment about fall in northern illinois it's like you get about four days of just absolutely gorgeous weather and and then the rest of fall is like 25 to 50 degrees cold rainy cloudy just garbage days mm-hmm. like today it's 45 and cloudy and we were had we were having hopes that if the sun kind of breaks through maybe in the afternoon we could go for a walk right nope no not happening yeah so you're gonna go from fall like i mean you don't we you go you'll hit we go straight to winter right yeah, I mean that's basically Illinois. You go, uh, it's summer, summer winter. about four minutes. Yeah, summer four minutes of fall, and then winter for the next nine months. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Maryland because they have the. Uh, it's got the you know four seasons, pretty pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, we're definitely in the thick of fall. We get that kind of warm spell. Uh, in fall, yeah, and then I think slowly as we come to the end of November is when it starts getting a little colder. But I'm actually hoping for no winter this year. That'd be great. That would be that would be amazing. Yeah, but yeah. Weather aside, uh, I, I assume people are probably wondering why we started the show a little different today. Yeah, and uh, so in conjunction with what we do on Undying Light, we had. Um, uh, an episode that dropped, uh, actually, as this will air, this uh, the episode will have dropped yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we talked uh, the state of theology and we had a couple had a couple guests on that show and we just kind of did a roundtable. We went through some of the issues and we discussed from 
you know, like a theological impact. Like, you know, how do we foresee this as being troubling? Right. And so then you had the idea, why don't we ask our listeners to see what their big concerns are with the church today? So we did that. Yeah. And then we looked at all of our questions and we said, you know, this can kind of be summarized into some main talking points. And then uh, my lovely wife uh, was able to jump on and record that little intro for you. It's uh, definitely not an easy (laughs) conversation because this is kind of the state that even our listeners see. And I know you have experiences with it. I have experiences with it. And these are big, big concerns. This isn't just like, you know, one or couple churches here or, you know, honestly, it feels like this has gotten even worse than, you know, back in the, you know, 60s and 70s is like the Pentecostal movement was taken off. Um, it feels like th- that's a big it's a much more drastic sense of urgency today. Yeah. I, and I think I think with the what was sent in, you see how actually in line um the very sound uh, Christians are um, in echoing exactly what you guys went through, which was Ligonier's state of theology. I, I was actually floored yep. at some of the answers or, or issues that uh, people see because what was put out there in the beginning of the show, I mean, it, it, it's a wide range to, you know, um, you're talking biblical illiteracy, uh, theology. It, it was, and, and those were all the types of answers that people submitted, which I thought was, um, I thought it was very encouraging to, to actually see that. Yeah, it, you know, I got to admit, and I and I see this kind of come up time and time again on social media, that there is a strong community of believers. There's a strong community of people who want authentic, biblical theology being taught in their church. And they have and can easily point out concerns um, from their own home church or from neighboring churches or from family members, things like that. I mean, case in point, I had somebody reach out to me uh, last Saturday and say, hey, you know, we've been, me and my husband have been a member at this church for a long time, mm-hmm. and we're a little concerned about this past this pastor, and we think his sermons might be starting to kind of go off the deep end. Hmm. So they shared with me the sermon, and I listened to it, and, you know, we through some conversation, it does feel like there is a bridge away from sound biblical teaching, but it's it's not quite fully off the rails, but it's at a moment where you kind of are starting to scratch your head. Those who have discernment can start to say, okay, something doesn't feel right. Yeah. And and he could either go either direction. He could turn and say, you know, um, this is, you know, a, a poor teaching type moment, like, because he was talking about some social injustices and things like that. And, he could turn and say that this is something obviously that needs to be talked about because the church should stand for injustices, but for all, not just against one particular race. Right. But then he could turn and just go way down the social justice movement and say, you know, like J.D. Greer is saying that, you know, if you are a white person, you're basically condemned and. You need to repent and all this other crap. So he's that's par- he is paraphrasing. He's, him. Yeah, he's a, he's a mess, honestly. Yeah. Um. And and I don't. You know, the thing is, I haven't even listened. I don't. I don't listen to the guy. I haven't heard him. But the stuff that's been put out there about about him and the SBC is is clearly concerning. And it, it goes to I think to the question is you know why is the state of theology where it is is my question and like what is the root cause? So you and I talked mm-hmm. a little bit about this prior. And I kind of was like thinking about this and thinking about kind of the equation and kind of what makes it up. And, and I'm sure most of you guys have as well. And I'm sure you have is some probably telling you guys something you already know, but think about it. You know, you backtrack, you got bad theology equals bad doctrine. It equals weak, Mm -hmm. tiny pastors equals a congregation that is biblically illiterate and undisciplined, which equals an influx of non-Christian worldviews. In, into the church, which all adds up to what we're seeing, which is the deterioration 
of the inner structure of the church, the, you know, the, this state of theology. So you can, you can kind of backtrack and kind of get a good gauge. The folks from your Instagram site and mine who sent in what they feel the issues are, I, I thought they hit a home run because yeah. in those categories, they, they listed exactly what I'm talking about. It all maps to, to me, it maps to one thing. You want me to tell you what it is? What's that? I'm 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 sitting Dude, on the edge of my seat. I know seat. you are, man. <laughs> I, I got Batman sitting on the edge of his seat. <laughs> now, so what it boils down to is an uh, an individual's worldview. I, I feel like yeah. that's what it basically boils down to. Absolutely. You know, and and the yeah. question would be: so so what's a worldview, Alex? You know what's well what <laughs> what's your thought on what a worldview is? So um, from a non-biblical perspective, a worldview is consistent of um, your perceptions of what you see and your interpretation of the events happening around you and the things that have influence upon you. Um, so if you're a college student, you're going to be heavily influenced by your professors, your college students, probably your parents a little bit, maybe your job if you have a part-time job. Mm-hmm. Those things are going to make up your worldview. They're going to construct how you view the entirety of the world and that is a big problem i mean we can root all of biblical issues to all these we can we can blame this on so many things but i think you nailed it um right off the bat when it comes back to poor theology because what we have to understand is with a with a worldview these individuals are influenced by the world. Exactly. And whether it's whether it's conservative or liberal, you're being influenced by the world. And you're being told to vote a certain way. You're being told to act a certain way. You're being told to live and work a certain way. That's a worldview. It's not the obviously it's not the physical view of the world. It's like you're saying, it's a philosophical view, an all-encompassing perspective of of everything that exists and um, has any meaning, what matters to us, that that's the overall worldview. Uh, it, that's what a worldview is. You nailed it. So, again, just kind of navigating this whole topic, you know, the the person's worldview represents like their most fundamental beliefs and assumptions. Uh, and this is kind of this is where we start digging into uh, theology about the universe and and and, and the inhabitants of the universe. It reflects how a person would answer all of those specific, what are they, the hard questions of human existence, right? Right, right. Yeah, it starts to build a a basis of morality, right? Where do you get uh, your moral compass from? Mm-hmm. And, you know, is it a matter of, you know, your own subjective reasoning, your own subjective uh understanding of the way the world should work uh is it influenced again by your college professors who are telling you that the world should work in this way and it should favor these people because they might be you know um they might be more oppressed so the world should cater to them right so your moral compass gets shaped by your worldview and for instance in a lot of cases People who uh, tend to be more liberal uh, are more open to abortions being okay because mm-hmm. they don't have a uh, a moral compass telling them that killing a child is is wrong. Right. So you just nailed that. Right. It's the worldviews that that are around us. They affect uh, everything we see mm-hmm. and how we see it and the experience. So to me, this identifies why the state of theology is where it is. Yep. Um, and well, I think we'll get to that a little bit later. But as you mentioned, ab- abortion, it's euthanasia, it's same sex um, relationships, it's gender, just everything. And it, and really that determines the person's opinion on yep. these things related to human ethics, which all men and women are created in God's image. And sin has corrupted that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. After listening to you guys and I was navigating it, meaning your roundtable on the state of theology, it just got really me, got me really thinking about wh- how is this happening within the church, right? Mm-hmm. The worldview shape and define, it defines a person and, and, and the culture 
you know, that we live in is all defined by the worldview. It, it's like what you, like you're saying, what we believe, what we're willing to believe, um, how we interpret every single experience is all shaped by, um, you know, the worldview. So what, what I think is happening is what, what I know is happening. And I think the listeners and the people on IG, they clearly see what is creeping into the church, right? Yeah. And, you know, here's the, here's the thing that we can kind of boil this out to. Um, there's a distinction between, you know, a small local denomination that kind of teaches within their denominational viewpoint. Uh, those aren't really the churches that hopefully in most cases you have to necessarily worry about. Um, but in some denominations, they are moving at a rapid rate away from biblical theology. You've got uh, rapid rapid you've got the yeah. methodist who are going to vote to split soon you've got the sbc which is a, a massive shambles um the elca lutherans which are just a train wreck and they're a dumpster fire from hell mm-hmm. and, and so you've got the big corporate denominations uh are a train wreck but you know some of these churches that i've been a part of these are biblically grounded and biblically rooted people who show up and want to hear the word of God preached. Mm-hmm. And, and so these big denominations are selling out these big, these big non-denominational churches, these, you know, you got the prosperity preachers, the word of faith preachers, you've got, uh, you know, all of these little, you know, whatever false teacher insert you want to give, mm-hmm. they are selling out because they, what they're seeing is, as the culture moves and the culture shifts its attention, the church has to shift its attention to be relevant in those eyes. And so what they're trying to do is play catch up to the church or to the world and say, Hey, uh, you know, we think black lives matter too, but we don't understand that it's actually a Marxist movement. We're just trying to pander and, um, you know, and, and, pay homage to a movement that is bent on destroying, you know, the foundational building blocks of, a, of this country. And, and, and what you're, and what you're finding with that, with everything you just said. So basically what we're talking about is, and this is kind of the, the hard pill to swallow. And, and I struggle mm-hmm. with this. Christians are rejecting a biblical worldview in Absolutely. favor, in fa- right. In favor of letting the culture shape um, shape them and they're adopting non-Christian worldviews and they're, um, they're, they're melding the two together is mm-hmm. what they're doing. So I guess what we should do too, before we kind of continue into the meat of this show, um, is kind of define what a biblical worldview is. I'm glad you and, went there. And, and I think if we, so we said a secular worldview is influenced by professors and, uh, you know, works you know the news even uh Mm -hmm. big one the news uh the media social media things like that um that influences your worldview from a secular perspective from a christian perspective a biblical worldview is when the bible is your governor for all things in life Mm -hmm. that means you live in accordance to the word of god now people who are on the fringe love to argue that well the bible you know, has slavery in it. Does that mean you accept slavery? No, there's context to the passages about slavery. God never is approving of slavery. It is a, and also even in the context of biblical slavery, it's much different than the slavery America knows from its past. It's is not a, you know, beating your, you know, workers and, and, you know, killing them because they're being disobedient. Right. And actually you, you bring up a, a great point to one of the issues mm-hmm. that some, that a bunch of people had submitted, which I thought was excellent to see was biblical illiteracy. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Not understanding context, not understanding yep. how to read the Bible. Um, I mean, these are major issues. And to the, to your point, a Christian biblical worldview in a nutshell, you, you nailed it. I mean, it's the authority and sufficiency of scripture. Uh, it's the mm-hmm. unwavering um, confidence that the Bible is true, trustworthy, and without error. Because the bottom line is this, without God, you can't prove anything. 
truth, yep. knowledge, logic are all necessary to prove anything which I mean to prove anything and and to prove anything you need God. Yeah. So yeah, you absolutely do. You know, a, a, a biblical worldview is resting solely on the authority the authority and sufficiency of scripture. And it's and to me it's not even that you have to go seek out evidence to prove. And we're going to get into, you know, we got a, an announcement a little bit later on with respect to having a guest on. But, you know, again, th- this this kind of points to presuppositional um, um, apologetics. apologetics. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> so, that's a mouthful. Yeah. So, you know, so really the shift away from a Christian biblical worldview is, is what's unfolding, um, you know, before our eyes. And there's, there's, in scripture, I mean, look at Romans 1, 18 through 21. Look at 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17 with respect to, you know, all scripture is breathed out of God and mm-hmm. profitable for teaching and reproof. I mean, we all know that. It's not just hearing it when you're sitting in, you know, at church or watching it online or hearing your pastor speak. It's it's listening, hearing and doing and acting out. Yeah. So and not abandoning that that core our, what our core worldview is. But the problem is, is that for most people who sit in the pews on Sunday, they just don't have, you know, they don't have a sound preacher in the pulpit delivering to them the word of God. And they don't, you know, they're not hearing the word preached. So you go to Romans 10 and when the word isn't being preached to them, they're not being given faith and therefore they're not believing and they're going home and going on with their daily lives and but they're buying into this progressive, you know, liberal Christianity, which is what one of the big topics is and one of the That's big right. concerns, because, you know, it makes people feel good that they're being a part of a big movement. Right. And when you become, you know, a liberal pro- progressive Christian, you feel like you're at the forefront of fighting for people's rights. Right. And in reality, you're just doing the work of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, you touched on something that was really interesting with with respect to progressive um, Christianity and liberal Christianity. Um, Mm -hmm. And this goes back to kind of my opening statement about, you know, bad theology and bad doctrine. Right. Uh, These these folks that are coming out of seminary, what are they being taught? Yeah. You know, and uh, I think. I heard John MacArthur talk about this, that such a high percentage of of students that come out of these more liberal um, seminary type of schools and they come out and they they either become agnostic atheists, they you know, or they go on to move into that liberal um, uh, progressive Christianity. And what that is, is just it's about uh, gluing together a worldview and a biblical worldview and kind of melding it all together. So it's, it's an all inclusive um, type and brand of Christianity just flies in the face of what scripture, what Jesus talked about. People want to focus on, you know, what's interesting. They'll be like, yeah, yeah. Look at what Jesus said, because they, they, they latch onto these specifics like, you know, treat your enemy as, you know, your as you would want yourself to be treated, turn the other cheek, love all, you know, those types of things out of context. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll affirm Jesus in, in that way. And you can just go look at, the, you know, the state of theology on, on Ligonier. We won't go through that. Um, right. Alex and his round table, you just go give that a listen. But, um, but what, but what most people, what I'm seeing is they will not get behind any of the teachings um, from God that 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 were given to Paul. Yeah, true. They want to. They don't want anything to do with that, and they don't want anything to do with uh, you know Leviticus and 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 Deuteronomy and anything in the Old Testament. Just give me Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I'm good. Yeah, and and even give me a uh, you know a black marker so I could scratch out in the Gospels what I don't want to read or listen to. Yeah, and and that's and that's exactly where we are today. Is yep. this this the the secular worldview, um, these non-Christian worldviews, again, being injected into a into the biblical worldview, which is basically watering it down, it's poisoning it, whatever you want to call it. Let's let's talk a little bit about 
non-Christian worldviews. Um, I, I want to kind of go through these these Christian worldview, non-Christian worldviews, mm-hmm. um, and and just you know what, I, we'll get some input from you for for the listeners, and sure. and, and we'll kind of go off off there. So the first one is naturalism. There is no God. Humans are just highly evolved animals. The universe is a closed physical system. Yeah. So Romans one, two, and three will tell that uh, tell us that that's a false assumption, uh, because it says that through God, uh, you know, through nature, man has been displayed the creation. The you know that God has created all things, and and that man suppresses that, yep. and therefore when he stands in front of God on Judgment Day, he has no excuse. So yeah. naturalism kind of crumbles in on itself if you start to peel the layers back because at the basis is, well, how did everything come into being? And they'll right. tell you, you know, probably something like, well, the Big Bang. Okay, well, what started the Big Bang? Because you break down this the scientific theory of the Big Bang, which was that at one moment, nothing created something. And... There had to have been nothing before something came because something cannot have always existed. Yeah, so it's it's, it's the atheist's um, worldview, basically. Right, exactly. You know, like Mother Nature and all that other junk. Mother, yeah. Na- your Mother Nature is my father's footstool. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, well, let's move to the next one: postmodernism. There are no objective truths and moral standards. Reality is ultimately a human social construction. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a very, obviously it's newer. Uh, it's not, uh, yeah. I think it, this kind of really started with Darwin and moved forward, both naturalism and postmodernism. And really what we're getting into now, and this is the big movement from the liberal culture, is there is no higher authority. There's no higher objective authority. Yeah. Uh, your truth is your truth. And that's how they start to dismantle authoritative people, police officers, judges, you know, uh, anybody, uh, pre- the president, congressmen, senators, all of these people who have some form of authority. Uh, even your boss at your work has authority. And so his truth essentially in his, you know, that comes out of his mouth is objective when it's put to you. And Mm. this big movement in this liberal segment is that this truth or this defining has no grounds anymore and that it doesn't have any relevance for people, but I can make my own truth. And, and And it's another one that crumbles in upon itself because well, my truth, if my truth is my truth, then I think I should be able to rob banks whenever I want. And you can't say anything because now it's my truth. And yeah. if I get it and if I get enough people with me, then it's our truth or. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just want to go and uh, kill, rape and pillage villages all day long. Well, nobody can say anything because it's my truth. It's but my then, reality. Right. But then this is the funny thing. When you start to actually impose that on people who are postmodernisms, modernists, they will start to bark in in anger at you because you can't do that. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) Who says you because your truth is is subjective and your truth is your own. My truth is my own. I think I should go and rape, pillage and plunder cities Mm. and. But, but, you know, because if there is no higher morality, no higher objective morality to oppose a will upon me, then what, what grounds do I care? No moral absolute. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's, it's go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, just to finish it, it's just a baseless form of life. It's, it's meaningless. It's uh, sad and, and honestly pathetic. Yeah. I think, I think we can see the natural progression of what, you know, minus the first one, naturalism, you can see how these things, what we're talking about here um, are slowly creeping in to the pulpit. So just, 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 just going with off of just postmodernism, you see that in these liberal 
um, progressive churches. So let's move on to the next one, pantheism. Mm -hmm. God is the totality of reality. Thus, we are all divine by nature. Sounds absolutely heretical. Yeah, no, um, that's heresy. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) so, yeah. There's there's content there's there's scripture that says you know that they kind of allude to it, but in reality, uh, what we have to understand is the created order. We go all the way back to Genesis one and two to understand that God created us. We are not like God. Uh, we are not even on par with God. Now, scripture says, and I believe it was Paul that made this reference that we were created to be uh, just a little higher than angels, and. In the order of created beings, man was created to do one thing, and that is to bring glory to God. And, Praise God. Yep. And that is it. We are not divine beings. We are not angelic beings. We don't go to heaven and get our angel wings. We are not angels. We are mankind created to bring glory to God, plain and simple. And you see the the whole the pantheism in some of these sects of uh of Christianity. And I, I think it's, it's so interesting, you know, the idea that we're all little gods. It's very divine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on. And you know, this is off the cuff. I'm throwing some stuff at Alex and um, I'm going to recommend a, a great resource is, is always Ligonier. They, it's just packed with strong resources with respect to this. So definitely check it out. So the next one is pluralism. And this one we see, absolutely. Uh, The different world religions represent uh, equally valid perspectives on the ultimate reality. Mm -hmm. There are many valid paths to salvation. And I'm going to say this. You you can just look at the folks who have locked arms with the Pope to move an issue forward. And that is is absolutely, you see in scripture, uh, that is absolutely false. It's, it's, It's not something that... You know, we should we should be locking arms with respect to uh, we all worship the same God in in, in that context. Right. So this is, uh, again, the heresy button comes into effect here. Absolutely heretical. Because what we are getting out of this is the uh, let's first of all, let's isolate Protestant Christianity from. Uh, Roman Catholicism Roman, and yeah. uh, and then all of the other religions, uh, Buddhists, uh, Hindus, Islam, all of these other world religions. Scientology. Yeah. Scientology. Yep. Yeah. It, you know, Jehovah's Witnesses, all these other little cults. Mormons. Like that. Yep. Yep. Uh, at its core, Protestantism is the pull away from the poor teachings of the Roman Catholics and it was to reestablish right biblical teaching on the doctrine of the nature of Christ. Uh, obviously, we can look at, and we are, uh, this actually will air, this episode will air on Reformation Day, which I think is an amazing thing because this is the uh, 502nd year, or third year, I apologize, that Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses to the door at Wittenberg. And mm. So that is really was the start of, um, you know, the Reformation. And in reality, Luther wasn't even planning to do anything. He just was fed up with with the way they were handling uh, purgatory and buying your way into heaven. And uh, so that was like Luther's first pinch. And then it then it avalanche from there. And then he's you know called the Pope, the Antichrist and all that stuff. And it just, you know. Avalanche. He lost his temper and went crazy. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. So no. Luther's my Luther's my hero, um, and you can send me hate mail. I don't care anymore. Um, but and, and and just to add to that point, though, that was the first official kind of like putting the foot down. We're going to move away. Uh, type of yep. of like yep. you know the rubber's hitting the road type of thing because there were previous reformers who were, who had been working towards this type of thing calling out uh, the specific heresies and, and issues within uh, the Roman Catholic church, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. John Huss was a big one. Um, uh, William Tyndale, Tyndale was another right. one. There's a lot of these guys, even during the medieval period, there's been a lot of sound biblical preachers through the ages um, that stood in opposition, but Luther's door nailing, I think was God signaling the, the split, the Protestantism. Um, and, and look, there's yeah. big issues in Protestant, which is why we're having this discussion. 
But right. to talk about this uh, pluralism uh, aspect, what we have to understand is that there are people even within the sect of Christianity that want to feel inclusive. This goes back to the liberal and progressive Christianity. Mm-hmm. They want people to feel warm and fuzzy and and you know uh like everybody's welcomed into this into this thing now i have to admit this i heard something and and i understand the context of it but i want to be very careful with how we phrase this now i believe in i'm going to quote it wrong i think it's john 14 no the the text on when jesus says that he's going to his father to prepare a room and in his father's house, there's many bedrooms. Somebody in a group I was in on uh, for school yesterday had mentioned that, you know, uh, even because the context to the conversation was uh, another person has family members that are Roman Catholics, but they believe in Christ and they just, you know, had always gone to a Roman Catholic church and they start to see that kind of pull from the RC and more towards Protestantism. And this other person chimed in and said, well, you know, if they happen to die tomorrow, you know, I, you know, we, we can believe that, you know, our father's house is large enough to incorporate them. There's many rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I want to be very careful with that phrasing of context because I, not to say that if you're a Roman Catholic, you are damned to hell. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but what we want to make sure is, is the understanding of proper use of scripture. And when we are referring to that context, this is formed to those who serve and follow Christ. But there are people in these groups that are Roman Catholics that are, you know, in the word of faith and the prosperity movement that are true authentic believers. And they just haven't been pulled out of that yet. And and I believe yeah. that pe- people are in there. You, you come from a Roman Catholic, you know, life background. So mm-hmm. there are people that are saved, but to use that, that scripture I think is out of context, but it's 14, three, John, John 14, three. That's right. So yeah. I was yeah. Right. yeah he's, me go. Yeah. You know, you were right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's talking about, I'm the way, the truth and the life. And the, the interesting thing yes, is again, that's it. you nailed it. And again, this goes to one of the issues, context, read scripture in context yep. before and after. Absolutely. And that's the thing. When we start to say that, Christ is the only way that angers a lot of liberal Christians because they want to feel inclusive. They want people to come to Jesus from, you know, from a Muslim faith or from, you know, uh, whatever, right? uh, The Buddhist faith or, you know, uh, voodoo even. I mean, there's so much just random cults and just terrible, bad theology and, and heresies and blasphemies out there. And they want... These liberal Christians think that all people, it's a universalism, right? All people are included in this giant umbrella. No, God makes it yeah. very clear that only those who go through Christ can come to him. Yeah, you read Luke 12, 51. Uh, yeah. Jesus, I mean, those are the words straight from the mouth of God. Okay. He didn't come to bring peace on on this earth, on earth. There's only one earth, right? Yeah. But division. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And pluralism is the exact opposite. They, it, many ways, it's it's what Mother Teresa spoke about. Many ways to God, yep, to heaven, yep. and it does. It's not just through Jesus. And you hear people like Rick Warren, Carl Lentz. I mean, the list goes on. And these are the progressive, progressive liberal Christians, pastors, if you want to call them that, yeah. that that are selling this stuff to the masses. Yep. You know, and, yep. and and this goes back to, again, I'll say it again, the opening statement. When you're a pastor, your job, just, you know, you, you want a job description to be a pastor? Go to scripture. Yep. Your job is to shepherd the flock. Okay. Shepherd the flock. Disciple them. Teach them the word of God, not the word of you. And that is the primary focus for a church for the pastor and and hallelujah if there are unbelievers that sit in there and they and and god touches them and he's chosen them and and they come to faith in christ amen but we have a a a problem with biblical illiteracy Mm -hmm. massive (laughs) massive and i and i was one of those folks you know 
for a long, long time. And it's frightening to me to think about that. So yeah, yeah. we, we nail pluralism. Um, it's basically any path to God. Um, yeah. and, and we can, we can see that's crept into the church. So Absolutely. here's, here's an interesting one that, uh, Ligonier list, um, Islam, there's only uh, one God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has no son. God has revealed his will for all people through his final prophet, Muhammad, and his eternal word, the Quran. So, I mean, heresy, heresy, I don't think we even have to dive into that one. I mean, sorry. I think the bottom line is if you, if you say, well, you know, I've spoken to folks who are, who are, um, who follow Islam and they say, well, we we worship the same God as, you know, as the God of Abraham, You, you do not worship the same God. I'm sorry. It's just, it's an inaccurate statement. They do it not is. worship the same God. I agree. Any more to add to that? No. And I, I think it goes back to it because their view is that Christ is a prophet. And then that would just take away, that would make essentially the new Testament a lie and right. they would have no ground to stand upon. So I think it's just a bunch of, I think it's a cult, you know? Yeah. Nothing more than that. I mean, obviously, they're not living on a, you know, in a commune or anything. They're going out and killing Christians. But, you know, they're it's just it's a it's a ridiculous system of theology from them. Islam, Mormonism. Mm -hmm. I mean, these reinventions, Jehovah's Witnesses, these are all mere men trying to reinvent the word of God and pass it off as authoritative and it's just it doesn't hold water um uh so the last one they list and it's it's i actually hadn't heard of this one so i'll I'll be curious to hear your take it's it's a more moralistic therapeutic deism god just wants us to be happy and nice to other people he (laughs) intervenes in our affairs only when we call on him to help us out now i've I've heard all that uh, but i actually haven't heard it actually uh, termed moralistic therapeutic deism. So. Yes. So this is a this is a conjunction to the liberal progression, uh, mm-hmm. progressive Christianity, right? It's there's a sect within Christianity now that is um, God is love and God wants us to just love our neighbors and God wants us to be happy. That's the Joel Osteen teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are. We remove the wrath of God. We remove the just nature of God. And we only accept the loving nature of God. And then it becomes not actually Yahweh that we worship, but a uh, the golden calf that we've made for ourselves. And, you know, that calf ain't going to save you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're, you're praying to a box. And that box is going to rot and decay. And uh, so it's it's just another, you know, false teaching within these big Christian movements. And again, what it comes back to is bad, you know, lack of biblical knowledge, a lack of, you know, correct biblical theology. It is man centric. It is that allows for seeker sensitive movements to happen. Um, it's progressive. Yeah. It's liberal. It's just a sop of horse dong. Yeah, I was thinking that as you were as you were kind of talking through it. It, it is absolutely man centric, seeker sensitive um, ch- churches that spew this this kind of stuff. And what you end up having to do, you basically have to take away almost completely all, all of scripture except for some some key verses and some psalms that talk about you know God's love and, and we always hear this but you go ahead and go to scripture look at what Christ talks about he talks yep. about hell more he talks about righteousness and you could see that progression all the way through the old the old testament Jesus from Genesis to Revelation he's the thread he is everything is about Christ his nature, who he is. He is God. So this whole idea, and we have actually a great episode, if anybody's curious, right, about seeker-sensitive, leaving the seeker-sensitive church. So check it out on A Matter of Truth um, on ACAST, Spotify. But it's firsthand, somebody who went to uh, Rick Warren's church. Yep. But the idea that, you know, our sole purpose in life is just to be nice to other people and to be happy. And you know what? When you need something call on him and he's going to help you out. That's, mm-hmm. I, I don't, that's, please point to scripture. Yeah. Where is that? Yeah. Well, you know, and that's not the gospel, <laughs> you know, plain, yeah. plain and simple. Uh, I get into these conversations with people from time to time and look, the gospel is for you not to, to be nice. The gospel is you not loving your neighbor. 
be honest with you. It's not. The gospel is not for you to do anything. The gospel is Christ dying and forgiving you of your sin. It is something that God is doing for you. Your response to that is to be free from the sins and uh, and this latter theology that Christians love to build for themselves and to then serve and love their neighbors freely without being bound, bound to anything. But the gospel isn't just to love everybody and be, you know, a hippie because all of these good things that you do aren't good things. They're self-driven, they're selfish ambitions, and they're going to just do nothing but lead you, you know, on the path to hell. Yeah, and you you see that in Scripture with Paul talking to the different churches, yep. and, and when he's calling them out, um, his concern, and with First uh, Timothy six uh, twenty through twenty one, he talks um, to Timothy, saying, "Guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, for professing it, some have swerved from the faith." Yeah. So that is a warning. I mean, you can clearly see he's warning. Timothy, he's warning, he does it throughout, throughout the New Testament. And, and again, this kind of goes back to the fact of a lot of these liberal progressive churches and pastors, they don't want to touch uh, Pauline theology, right? Right. They want to avoid it. These types of things, um, all these different non-Christian worldviews is, is, exa- is what is poisoning the church and the pulpit. The pulpit has been, has been used in a way to it's it's almost like they're they're pimping out mm-hmm. and I hate to say that but they are they are actually yeah, pimping what they pick and choose from scripture and I know that's a strong term yep. look at look at scripture in context and what what is the message and you know the message is not about self it's about glorifying god mm-hmm. and about our how we need a savior and yep. it was only done by the God man, by Christ, by Jesus. Right. Yep. That was, that's, that's our way. Yep. I think I wrote an article on undyinglight.org. Um, obviously it's an older one from our previous website, but I, um, I wrote one about the condition of the pulpit and, uh, I, I think I used the words, there's a cancer in the church. And, mm. and I, and I would, I would still stand to that. And even more so today because it's been probably two years since I wrote that article and I think that there is a cancer and it's, and it's rapid and it's one that is only going to be eradicated by intense persecution on the church. Mm -hmm. So interestingly enough, I I had this thought and um, I think, I think this whole, this whole problem, all of these issues can be fixed with one moment in time and that is Mm -hmm. the intense persecution upon the church because Mm -hmm. it will eradicate everybody who claims the name of jesus without actually knowing who christ is because people will quickly become well i don't need any of that i'm just gonna you know i'll just i'll I'll quit the church or i'll quit preaching or i'll quit attending they don't want to face persecution they don't want to risk their lives for christ Meanwhile, in China and, you know, North Korea and all of these really hostile countries, Christianity is flourishing at rapid rates. And it's not, you know, American Christianity. It's biblical Christianity. People are dying for the gospel. Yeah. Well, and I think what you're seeing now is there's already that shift um, to to your point. And, and the shift is people are moving away from biblical, a biblical worldview and moving to the progressive liberal Christianity because it's, it's safe. There's, there's peace. There's no confrontation. It ignores scripture. And what it, what it's creating is it's creating Christians that have basically a low view of scripture and a low view of scripture. It mean, basically that's going to lead to the rejection of biblical authority, if not in part totally. And we've, we're already seeing that because nobody wants to, nobody believes in more absolutes. Nobody wants to say there are absolutely more absolutes. Everything is on a sliding scale now. I mean, 
abortion, uh, gender, same sex, marriages, uh, right, right on down the line. So where does it stop? Yeah. If there's, there are no more absolutes, if there, if there is not a just God, yeah. it, it, it won't end. You and that's kind of where it's headed. You want to know it's funny when somebody says that there there's no more uh, uh, absolute truth or moral absolutes. You can ask them, is that an absolute truth? <laughs> well, so we, that is awesome. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because, again, we're going to have an announcement of uh, uh, about a guest. God willing, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that is actually... Um, how he 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 approaches the conversation with atheists, yep. and it's it's wonderful because mm-hmm. because since when does God need us to defend him? And we you know we have to provide evidence, and mm-hmm. and and this, I I get it, but I, I can't wait to pick this person's brain. Um, yep. So hopefully we'll be announcing that uh, relatively soon, maybe yeah. the first week of November. Um, yeah, so yeah. we'll see. Presuppositional apologetics is an amazing thing. Yeah, it's it really is. And I'm just digging into it and mm-hmm. um and getting an understanding of it. And and I've met some wonderful people um through Instagram, like Shane, for instance. Oh yeah. Shane's he, uh, an amazing mind. Yeah. Yeah. I hope to have him um we can have him join us sometime on this show. I think it would be excellent to mm-hmm. actually to do that. So um but yeah, no, I think we've uh I think we've 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 done this justice with respect to the state of theology, yeah. and I I I think you know if you got to go back and listen, I, I think we kind of mapped it out to be at the beginning of the show. This progression that we're in, and it all starts with theology, bad yeah. theology, a, a poor, bad understanding of God is gonna is gonna leak into poor doctrine right on down the line. At which 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 you see at the end of the day, it all becomes about the worldviews. And that's what kind of what we covered today. Yep. So I do want to give some things to people because obviously we just kind of just bulldozed them with a bunch of uh terrible truth. Um there <laughs> there is there is gleaming hope, ladies and gentlemen. Um but my encouragement to you is this if you have uh, a good get get yourself a good study Bible, um, a, a Reformation study Bible, an ESV yeah. study Bible, and the MacArthur study Bible. Get yourself some good commentaries, and and just dig into Scripture. Because I'll tell you what, you have time to do this. I'll bet you you love Netflix, and I bet you that you love Hulu, and I bet you that you love watching TV. Turn it off for an hour, and dig into the Scriptures. Get yourself yeah. a commentary, get yourself a, uh, you know, a study Bible, like I said, and just look at stuff. Now, here's a really cool thing. If you don't want to buy all of those and have physical copies, Anthony and I use logos for for that. And and I have it up on my screen right now because I'm doing my in between recording this episode today. I'm working on my my midterms. So I literally have right now open one, two, three three bible translations i have a nrsv the new revised standard version i have an english standard version and then i have the american standard bible the 1995 edition and then i have my esv study bible i have my lutheran study bible and i have the reformation study bible i have those tabs open so i can sit here and look at all of this stuff correlating to one verse and have all of this different commentary and all these notes from all of this history of, of what the, the Bible has been given to us. And I can start to cultivate and see how people come to understand these verses. Now that doesn't mean that all of this stuff is right and perfect because there are many more different commentaries and, and good study Bibles out there, but get yourself something to where you can do this. And, and in my opinion, Logos has been the best. And yeah. for those who, you, who know, I, uh, ha- I'm an affiliate for Logos Bible Software. I have a link on our website on Dying Light. It's a link in my bio that you can go and get a discount uh, for Logos Software. And you can buy just the basic and then add the stuff. You can get the free version of Logos and then just build your library. Uh, or you can do what we've done and buy a, a package and then and then add stuff to it. So, you know, the 
I, I I just can't talk enough, and I know you dabble in it a little bit, but Logos has been instrumental to me in 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 my walk because I literally have it on my phone, I have it on my screen, I have it on my tablet, I can pick it up anywhere, and I can save my study view, and then I can go to another device and pick it up, and that same study view is right there because it follows my profile. Right. Yeah. And you, and you nailed it too with respect to it's on the phone. So mm-hmm. you could take it anywhere you go, which is awesome. Quick, it's, quick access for those defenses that you need when you're arguing with uh, liberals and stuff. <laughs> and yeah. And in Logos 9, uh, actually, I wrote a review on it. So it's on our website. So go and read that. And we put, put a bunch of uh, uh, enhancements from Logos 8 to 9 in there. We've got some screenshots and things like that. But the biggest thing for me, obviously, there's a lot of really cool things that I talk about, but I love the new dark mode because I I struggle with like white desktops and that. So with my eyes, so everything on my screens are always dark and it is they did a really good job with this. And, That's awesome. And so what's 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 the website? Um, so you can go to logos.com forward slash undying light and that'll get you. Um, five free books when you sign up with a new Logos account. Yeah, and there's also a link on um, undyinglight.org. There is, yep. Takes you right to that promo page as well. So, And then, obviously, if you have questions, hit me up. Well, I think we killed this topic fairly well. And, again, that was, you know, the the piece of advice, you know, not just to go buy Logos through me, but to to get those pieces in your life to help you build. and you know, get your church moving in the right direction. You you can be an influencer in your church. You don't need to be a pastor or an elder or anybody. You can start making noise and getting people riled up for scripture and true, authentic, biblical scripture at that. Yeah, yeah. I, and that's a great point. And to kind of close this out is um, when you start seeing these types of ideologies seeping into your church or, um, you know, you're talking to friends, um, you know, be, you know, because you've spent time in scripture to mm-hmm. the point of like what Alex is talking about, you know, you can, de- you can make a defense. You can, it's all in scripture. Yeah. So, you know, point it out to the pastor, point it out to the, the worship leader, these types of things. I, I definitely encourage that. Um, and one last thing is, you know, this might've been, this might've come across as kind of a darker ep- episode. I don't know. Um, but just remember God is on the throne. Christ is, you know, he's completed the work and we can rest assured in in that, that through our trials and tribulations, um, we are, we are saved by grace through faith in Christ. So, um, it's, it's wonderful. It really Mm -hmm. is. So, you know, keep your heads up. Yeah, absolutely. And don't, you you know, use this as informational, use this as something to encourage you to maybe even light the fire, uh, uh, you know, of zeal under your pants and get you going you know if you have this already happening in your your church either you speak up or move on because sometimes there's just going to be churches that you're going to be in that are just too far dead and it's probably time for you to pack it in and move but if you notice it seeping in be the defense and stand against it amen love it ladies and gentlemen that's it for us um on this episode i i know anthony and i both hope and pray that you have been edified by this content um so make sure that if you listen to these episodes we would greatly appreciate it if you do a couple things for us uh send us all your money and uh, <laughs> just <laughs> buy us a houseboat i don't know no but yeah, for real if you if you find this these this, this content good and edifying please subscribe Please write us reviews on whatever, if you're on Podbean, I think, does it, um, iTunes, obviously, whatever you're at, Stitcher, leave us reviews, let us see what you're thinking, DM us, share these episodes, share them on Facebook, tag us, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, tag us, get the word out, and uh, and help this ministry grow, because we, we are... Uh, working on some monumentally massive things right now and i cannot say anything until probably the first week of december and uh anthony's been in on the loop we are working on some 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 ridiculously amazing things 
And uh, so please continue to share this and allow this ministry to grow. So that is it for me, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. Nope. Just God bless everybody. Take care. Yep. God bless. And we will see you November 15th. Peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.